Welcome everybody to the Leadership Community Podcast for Vancouver Church. I'm stoked that you joined in. This podcast is intended to lay out the vision, the values, and the strategy of the church for the sake of our leaders and to give you clarity on where we're going, how we're trying to get there, and how you can maximize your kingdom impact. So with that, let's jump in to the episode. Welcome to episode one. So glad you joined on the Leadership Community Podcast here at Vancouver Church. What we're looking at today is that we're called to be a movement and not a monument. If we're going to effectively grow a church that follows the pattern of the book of Acts, then we got to understand the perspective they had, that they were a movement. Literally, the Holy Spirit is on the move and they were trying to keep up with them. So take the next few minutes to listen to this piece that I shared, and then I'll come back and break it down a little bit for our purposes today. God wants to send his people into a dark world to give a hope of a restoration that's real. And when it comes to loving this world, God is not looking to build monuments. When he looks at this beautiful and broken world, he's not looking to build monuments. He's looking to build movements. And let me explain the difference between the two of these, okay? Now, the Jerusalem church is a bit more of a monument, and the Antioch church is more of a movement. If you were to look in great detail through this book, you'd realize Luke has actually slipped that in as a big contrast between the church in Jerusalem and the church in Antioch. Last week, Casey did a great job talking from Acts 8 about the church in Jerusalem. Do you remember him talking about the snooze button? Okay, this church was very active, very honoring to God, but they forgot they were supposed to go out into the surrounding areas and to the ends of the world. They kept hitting the snooze button on that. This persecution came and scattered them. Now, the Antioch church is a result of that scattering. Jerusalem, think for a moment about a monument church. It's, it's inward focus. It's very reverent. It tends to be the good kids. Those kids tend to be close to God because they're used to church or synagogue or whatever, and they have a very refined religion. They understand it really well. The movement church, Antioch, by contrast, was very different. They were marked by an outward focus, they were marked by partiers and sinners and then from kids that were far from God. And when they did come to know Jesus, they had a wild faith, okay? They were crazy. If you remember the Corinthians, Paul's constantly writing like, ah, these guys are so carnal. But yet they were passionate. The movement church exists as a, excuse me, the monument church exists as a monument to God and a reassurance of believers but a movement church exists as a movement from God for the rescue of all the world. You see, a monument exists to commemorate honorable people and educate and inspire. It's different than a movement. Let me explain it this way. Diana and I, a little while back, we went down to San Diego, and we were at a conference, so it took a lot of the time, but we had a, a gap in one evening to go do something. Now, my wife, she's a, she's a, a, a high-energy, high-activity, like, focus, let's go see, let's go take it in kind of person, which I love. And uh, then I also have this other quality about me, and that is I like museums. 
Okay, a little slower pace. I found that in any traveling group or sometimes within uh, a pair, there's one who loves museums and there's ones that would just as soon skip the museum, especially if you only have half a day. It's beautiful, sunny, and one of the nicest harbors around, beaches everywhere, and beautiful restaurants. Why would we go to a museum, right? But the angels all aligned. And I found a museum that was outside on the water in the sunshine, okay? I don't know if you've ever been to the USS Midway, but this is us standing in front of the museum right there. We went on this thing, and it was amazing. You got to see the technology that took place from years gone by. This thing's like a 1,000 feet long on the deck. There's the two of us standing there. I put on some pilot gear. I'm a pretty good-looking guy. I don't always see myself in pictures, but that's, I'm encouraged. The... Uh, it was the best of both worlds right there. It was amazing to look at the airplanes, to think of the different eras that were represented from World War II and the Korean War and the Vietnam War and Iraq and all these experiences. It's a massive piece of metal, incomprehensible. It's a city floating on the water. And it was restored as a museum about the rescue and protection and victory of an incredible era. But that thing was never built to sit in a harbor, was it? You see, a museum sits still and it reflects on an amazing day and noble ventures and gets inspired. And as you get information, you feel like you're really part of something. But you're just standing there in a pair of sunglasses and everybody else has done all the work. You think about the difference. See, we were people of the museum. People of the museum are very different than people of the movement, okay? People of the movement want to make sure, excuse me, people of the museum want to make sure the bathrooms aren't too far away, they got some good snacks that are available, that the, the lectures aren't too long, right? And they're interesting, we don't get bored. People of the movement, they understand this ain't a museum. There's lives on the line, there's countries on the line, and we are going to go out to the high seas, we're going to go into the battle, and this thing particularly is a carrier of those pilots that were to protect and to bring rescue, Right? You get it? Difference between a monument and a movement. The church was never intended to be a monument. Some of you don't know that we're part of a wider association of churches here, the Church of God. And in the early days when the Church of God came about, Daniel Warner and Associates, they all said, guys, there's too much politicization of the churches. There's too much bureaucracy. The denominations have become too commanding on determining who would be the leaders and who wouldn't be the leaders and who can be a part and who has the card, who's rejected and all that. They said, it's gotta be different because there's one Jesus that died for all people. And if you believe in him, that's the kind of church we want to be a part of. And so they went out of their way to not have these dominant structures that controlled everybody from the top down, be it from nationally or state or even local, but recognized that God would raise up leaders and by a commitment to one another would affirm those, encourage one another, and by its very name was called Church of God, because they, they just looked in the Bible and it describes the church as the church of God. So there you go. It wasn't a brand or anything. And they said, we cannot be a denomination. So they said, we are the church of God, what? Movement. Late 1800s. I believe that was in alignment with the heart of God that said, though there is value in trust-laden structures that work together, he doesn't need a hierarchy. 
God bless him that, he, you know, thank God that he does use those, but it's awesome to recognize that we are not trying to build a monument committed to one group of people or one particular name other than Jesus alone. God is not looking to build monuments that are illuminated by LED lights. He's looking to create a movement that is marked by fire burning forward in people's lives. D.L. Moody, preacher in the 1800s, school built up after him. He said this about his own preaching because so many people came to listen. The other preachers were asking, hey, what's the trick to the way you speak? He said this, people do not come to hear a man speak. They come to watch a man burn. And that doesn't apply just to the preachers. That doesn't apply just to the pastor of your local churches up front. That applies to you. You are to be a divine spark through a human body in the world that's around you bringing hope. That is what you were made to do. God has every means by which to do that. And there is no barrier to you bringing hope to the world. None. No political line, no national line, no economic situation, no health situation, no barrier at all. You have been empowered. Guys, is that not great news? Well, I hope you remember that we are all divine sparks from God that are carrying the good news into the world and that we are supposed to be on the move with the Holy Spirit. Movement versus monument. A monument is defined by being inward focused, a movement by being outward focused. Being outward focused doesn't mean that we don't take great care of each other. We are supposed to do that, but we're supposed to do that like soldiers on a path fighting an enemy, but we've got to be on the move and outward focused. I've heard it said that the church is the only organization in the world that exists for those who are not its members. Got to remember, we're on the move, right? Which means we're outward focused. Jesus, he said, I didn't come to serve myself, but to give my life as a ransom. And he's inviting us to do the same. Now, what that means also is monuments in the church world often are marked by good kids that prioritize reverence for God. And there can be a beautiful side to that. And there can be a fake side to that. We are to be reverent, keeping in mind Psalm 103 that says, Lord, if you were to count who could stand but with you there is forgiveness so that with reverence we may serve you and it's interesting the forgiveness is necessary so we can serve him and he mentions yeah with reverence we don't want to take your forgiveness for granted but he's basically saying my goodness if we all had to get our act polished up before we were able to serve anybody else we couldn't do it we literally couldn't do it so while emphasizing yes live a sanctified and holy life for sure you got to live a life that allows you to hang out with partiers and sinners because Jesus did plenty of that as well. He didn't compromise. It doesn't mean that we go out and we're drinking everybody under the table or smoking weed till we're stumbling around. But what it does mean is we can hang out with those folks and they're not feeling like we're trying to change their behavior to fit our church culture. We should not expect lost people to live like mature followers of Jesus. And we need to be the salt and light mixing in with them. Sometimes a monument can be marked by this deep, deep desire to be close to God, which is an awesome thing. But then we forget that we're supposed to reach to people that are far from God. And we get into this refined religion, all the sub points. I mean, I love theology as much as anybody. 
And I love to dig into all those details. And it's a beautiful thing in the right context. But when you're doing all that and you don't experience the wild faith that leads us to follow the Lord, I was reading these testimonial pieces from S.O. Sussage. He was an original evangelist for the Church of God in the early 1900s. I mean, that guy, he was involved in healing after healing, raising people, like bringing them back to life. I mean, we read that stuff and it just seems like pure fiction, but we see it in the Bible. And I talked with Jim Lyon when he described that was a common experience during that era in the church of God. And frankly, takes place wherever the gospel is breaking into new territories right now. Now, maybe the wildness of your faith is not so much to go out and, you know, bring somebody back to life in a physical manner, but spiritually. What would it mean to invite somebody out to coffee and just ask them to say, hey, I've never really asked you about your faith journey. Can I ask you about that? And what will it mean for you with those that are looking to you to provide some sort of guidance or direction or leadership in your ministry to invite them to invite someone else out to coffee or out to lunch or to a conversation that just says, hey, I've never really asked you about your spiritual journey. What does that look like? I'm sure you can see the difference there between being a monument and being a movement. I think you're going to see how this perspective plays into the plans and the vision and the strategies of Vancouver Church coming forward. Thanks for joining us. Love you all. See you soon.